Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hello, thanks for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. I'm your host, Bethany Moore. I'm the Deputy Director of Communications with the National Cannabis Industry Association. Today, my guest is Darwin Millard, also known as the Spock of Cannabis. For those Star Trek fans out there, I know I am. Uh, Darwin is a cannabis, marijuana, and hemp industry thought leader with over 15 years of hands-on extraction and product manufacturing experience. He specializes in mechanical and solvent-based extraction methodologies for isolating highly volatile terpenophenolic secondary metabolites from botanicals. And that was a mouthful to say. I will say when I spoke with you to plan this episode, you were in your full PPE gear, looking through the camera, (laughs) hairnet and everything. Welcome to the show, Darwin. Oh, thank you so much for having me, uh, Bethany. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So let's uh, dive in to get to know you a little bit more for our audience, maybe talking about some of the work that you did before moving into the cannabis space. Sure. Well, actually, I guess I get to be maybe kind of unique in the aspect of I didn't have a before cannabis. Uh, For me, you know, graduating in 2008 as a mechanical engineer, uh, it was either build slurry pumps uh, for the fracking industry to rape the planet, or I could dive headfirst into Colorado's fledgling cannabis industry, uh, and I wouldn't change anything for the world. Oh, that's an amazing uh, career fork in the road to come to, I suppose. Uh, I'm guessing the decision was uh, a lot a lot on the easier side to and, and more fun, even though even though fracking is highly regulated, but not like cannabis, right? No, ma'am, not 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 the same. And you're it was very easy to make the decision to go into cannabis versus uh, designing uh, slurry pumps. Um, that said, you know, my parents certainly uh, were worried for me, um, but uh, I think now they've seen that it was the it was a smart decision. Sure. Well, in addition to having that fork in the road and decisions to make about what to do with your career, um, did you have a connection to the cannabis plant or the movement that that it further inspired you to go this route? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I am a consumer, first and foremost, you know, I, I, live, helps. Uh, I, I <laughs> live and breathe uh, this plant, uh, quite literally, um, and have really taken it in on upon myself to uh, honestly bring better quality standards to the marketplace, just uh, always from the beginning with my kind of engineering background wanting to bring a little bit better, at least to the very minimum, a little more efficiency and maybe some data to the extraction process. 
because uh, you know at the at the time it was basically you put some in you get some out you charge whatever for it and you don't even know if you're making money um, and I didn't really understand that didn't make any sense to me so I really wanted to kind of take what you know what I saw as a fledgling kind of marketplace and, and really in some circumstances still is uh, and uh, take that up to just what you see in every other established uh, industry. Absolutely. And you're, you're right. We, we have sophisticated ourselves in the last few years, years here as an industry, and it took some time to get that data, right? We, we had to start collecting data, and then we had to figure out what to do with it. And we are starting to make uh, data-driven decisions in our industry. And the Moore's Law of Science just continues to thrust us into um, better technology, better processes, which we're going to get into some of that in this conversation today as well. But I do want to ask a quick question. How did you come up with the name, the Spock of Cannabis? And is Spock your favorite Star Trek character? So it's super funny, uh, or ironic, perhaps, is that I'm actually a Star Wars fan. Um, but uh, my clientele, because I am an independent contractor, consultant, you know, thought specialist for the industry, um, are kind of all in the little slightly older demographic um, and uh, <laughs> plays very well with that uh, type of branding. But honestly, um, I got kind of coined the Spock of Cannabis uh, through some of my industry colleagues that I work with uh, through uh, ASTM International's Technical Committee D37 on Cannabis that I think we'll be talking about a little bit later um, because of my just super straightforward and logical uh, responses to mm -hmm. questions and also my tendency to kind of tell you what you need to hear or, you know, cutting right through, uh, you know, right through it and telling you what, uh, you know, versus what you want to hear, right? Telling you the, the hard truths um, so you can make informed business decisions. Totally makes sense. The the Vulcan philosophy of of logic, um, and I I'm an old school Star Trek fan. <laughs> um, so speaking of the ASTM, um, you are involved in the cannabis standards work through ASTM International, which I've been hearing a bit about that these last couple of months through the committees. So tell me more about that and and what your role is with the ASTM International. Yeah, absolutely. So um, uh, I got involved, you know, uh, in, in standards activity and creation, again, because I saw those gaps. Uh, and again, I am a consumer and I want to make sure that there are safe products for me, my, myself and others to consume, um, but also to try to make it so that others looking to jump into the industry as I did, had maybe a little bit more of a, an established uh uh, career path ahead of them instead of, you know, potentially being uh, so ready. Um, and so I got involved to, uh, uh, with ASTM International's Technical Committee D37 on cannabis to facilitate that effort to help, again, fill in gaps and bring more uh, standardization to the marketplace. Um, so there, my role currently within the D37, I am an uh, active voluntary member. So it's all 100% voluntary. You know, I dedicate my time that I have on the side, very little bits of it, uh, to work on this with other industry colleagues. 
uh, and I am currently the vice chair for ASTM's uh, subcommittee, the D3704 on processing and handling, as well as the uh, co-chair for technical subcommittee D3707 on industrial hemp. Uh, as well as a, a member of the executive committee. So helping to uh, really facilitate the role of information provider to our over thousand members and helping them uh, navigate the ASTM process and helping them to create the standards that they have in their head to uh, uh, help the marketplace. Yeah, really interesting. It looks like there are over 30,000 volunteer members of the ASTM, of which you said you're one of them. Wow, that's a lot of brain power. Um, and almost 13,000 global standards. And that just ranges from any industry, it seems, right? Yes, ma'am, you, you have it right. Yeah, so for those who aren't necessary, uh, uh, yeah, so um, it covers everything from the roads we drive on to the uh, airplanes in the air uh, and uh, the, the bridges and structural components of various different aspects of infrastructure, but also mm -hmm. uh, communication and management of information. Uh, and now uh, standards related to uh, quality management and ensuring consumer and environmental health and safety of, um, of cannabis products. Really amazing how much is here. Like, I, I just kind of want to dive in and see what all is out there. Like, you, there's a library, literally, it's called their digital library online. Um, wow, incredible. So we're now adding cannabis standards to this to this world of standards through the work that you're doing with them um primarily extraction is that right well so that's a great question in regards to the standards that i create myself or what i'm helping the processing and handling subcommittee uh develop or the industrial hemp subcommittee develop uh, extraction is just a process, you know, a mm -hmm. method that's involved or and an extraction itself is a nuance and uh, a complicated subject in regards to whether or not you're using a liquid solvent, uh, uh, a gaseous uh, fluid solvent, uh, if you're not using a solvent at all, perhaps, and you're just mm -hmm. using uh, mechanical force or things like that. So uh, the, the way I like to kind of describe this is that there are uh, many ways to skin a cat and each one could be standardized. <laughs> that is a great way to put it. Thank you for that. Okay, we're going to take our first commercial break, and, and we're going to dive in to all this more when we come back. So everybody stay tuned. We'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Yeah. 
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. We're talking with Darwin Millard, who is the Spock of cannabis, uh, meaning he tells you the logical information you need to know about your processes and about what you're doing to run your business better. I mean, the the purpose of the ASTM is not to make your life more complicated, right? It's actually there to make it easier, better, faster, stronger. That's that's why we love acronyms, right? <laughs> Absolutely. If there if there weren't enough in the great alphabet uh, alphabet soup that we have with the various uh, uh, authorities having jurisdiction that we have to deal with, or whether or not you're dealing with a, a QMS, a quality management system, or <laughs> uh, good manufacturing practices, GMPs, yep. uh, or whether or not you're dealing with a standards body like uh, ANSI, the American National uh, Standards uh, Institute, or dealing with NIST, the National Institute for Standards and Technology, <laughs> or if you're dealing with ASTM International, which is an, uh, used to be an acronym, but actually no longer is. Um, and for those who aren't familiar necessarily with ASTM International, they're actually uh, over 120 years old. They were, they're the oldest internationally recognized standards development organization. They follow uh, um, the WHO and World Trade Organization, sorry, World Trade Organization uh, fair and best practices for open uh, dialogue uh, for the, uh, the commercialization of goods or the commodification of businesses or marketplaces, mm. um, which effectively means that all the standards are created um, uh, open and a volunteer, uh, market-driven, consensus-oriented process. So effectively, that means that it's kind of like a participatory democracy where mm -hmm. uh, all of the votes are equally measured, whether you are uh, the largest LP or multi-state or multinational operator out there, whether you're a government or whether you're just an activist off the street who has a general interest in the subject, all of your votes are the same and you're able to participate in the process. Hmm. Um, as you mentioned earlier, it's almost 13,000 standards that have been developed again across a number of industries with actually 7,500 of those have been codified in over 75 countries uh, um, regulatory frameworks. So hmm. ASTM standards are uh, voluntary. Uh, they're market-driven consensus standards that you know, they're voluntarily adopted by operators and, of, and industries of, alike except when they become codified into law. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's where they become a mandatory thing. And within actually in the United States and several other marketplaces, uh, such as Canada, uh, ASTM international standards are uh, codified uh, you almost uh, as a, uh, a mandatory uh, statement or process with groups like the FDA, USDA, uh, FTC, and others, um, um, National Conference for Weights and Measures, who you rely on those standards for their validation and uh, qualification of uh, product claims. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I'm assuming market-driven also kind of implies not only does this produce high quality, but 
it is also financially, you know, makes makes sense, financially sensible to to go about it that route as well. Am, am I am I getting warmer? Well, so uh, yes, absolutely. But really, right. what that means is that they're developed based on where the membership wants to take them. Okay. So if the members perceive that there is a gap somewhere in the marketplace then they can drive the development of those standards to facilitate or to fill in that gap. Okay. Whereas someone may not necessarily believe that that's a problem, you know, whatever it is. And so uh, they may not develop a standard uh, to fill in uh, you know, a gap that where you, Bethany, might think one needs to be created. Hmm. So if, if you became a member, then you would be able to help drive the standards development process into that direction. Mm, okay, got it. So let's get into some specific examples of standards that are going to impact the cannabis industry. Can we go through some of those? Absolutely. Uh, we have uh, 28 published standards currently with over 75 uh, more in development. Um, and of those that are, I think, worthwhile mentioning is our water activity standard. And mm -hmm. what this provides is a specification for dried and cured cannabis flower, whether that flower can be classified as hemp or not, uh, while maintaining the aesthetic quality that good. So if you're, if you uh, have dried and cured and have created this amazing flower, and now if you store it and hold it at a water activity of 0.6, uh, plus or minus 0 0.05, then you're able to uh, prevent microbial contamination, maintain its aesthetic quality because it's not drying out too much, right, and falling apart and breaking down in the container, mm. and uh, regulating authorities and inspectors like the National Conference for Weights and Measures, who effectively has jurisdiction in 46 states in order to do uh, verification of declarations of quantity, for instance, on the label of your product. They now have a metric to uh, either bring the water activity up or down for your flower sample in order to verify your net weight uh, claim on the product label. Mm hmm. Got it. And that's just that's just one of the amazing standards that have been developed. Another one is our guide for waste disposal, which was uh, forward thinking. It was developed four years, uh, five years ago now, actually, it was one of our very first standards, one of the first four, which the water activity was actually the first one, uh, which actually provides the marketplace with a common sense, uh, in my mind, common sensibility to uh, bifurcate or separate uh, those materials that are produced within any cannabis operation, hemp or not, that have less than 1% total resin content as not being a controlled substance, meaning all of, our, all of this biomass, stock, stem, roots, et cetera, in all of these indoor grows uh, or outdoor grows um, mm -hmm. dealing with the high THC side, having to deal with all of that excess material that's not the flowers or resins as a controlled substance doesn't make any sense having right. to just handle it like a controlled substance and destroy it like you would oxycotton or cocaine or methamphetamines just it not only overburdens them for incredibly overburdens them for the regulating authority especially in some jurisdictions like new jersey where you actually had to arrange to have the police follow you to the designated destruction facility no ain't nobody got time for that and yeah. definitely no one has a budget for that 
So it provides you with a common sense means for um, separating those materials that don't have any risk from those that potentially might so that you actually can have a more sustainable uh, waste disposal program. And honestly, there are so many other standards. I know we don't have that much time, but what's going through ballot right now, which are amazingly should be brought up, we have a specification for an international uh, uh, symbol for identifying uh, products containing intoxicating cannabinoids. So now, you know, people have been talking about a universal symbol. Well, we have all of these various boutique marketplaces in the United States and Canada, for instance, with different symbols. So it can't be universal if it's mm -hmm. not the same. Mm -hmm. So ASDM International's D37 is pro proposing and is in currently in ballot a true universal symbol that would be recognized internationally as identifying products containing intoxicating cannabinoids. Uh, following that, we have a label specification, as well as a packaging specification mm -hmm. for all of these various goods, as well as a whole suite of other specifications around the packaging operation itself for cannabis flowers. Uh, because this is still the number one consumed form, uh, even you know, over, after the years of uh, maturity the industry has had. Flower is still king, and so we need a good way to package it uh, and ensure its quality and store it at your warehouse and ship it long distance with transportation mm -hmm. so that it makes it to the retailer uh, at the same quality that they're expecting and, of course, at the same weight for the consumer. Wow. Yes. All of these things are, are important. And, you know, regulation works, as we like to say, for cannabis, but common sense regulation is really where it's at, you know, finding not too much, not too little, really the Goldilocks of regulations, where it does make sense. And I got to tell you, some of these packages that are childproof are also Bethany proof, but <laughs> that's another topic. Let's take our last commercial break here and come back and wrap up our conversation with Darwin Millard, the Spock of Cannabis. Stay tuned, we'll be right back. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Elevate your every day with that Shuggies feeling, with the sweet taste of Shuggies. Add a cup of Shuggies to your morning coffee. Ah, how sweet it is. Shuggies infuses cannabis and cane sugar to make it the perfect sweetener with benefits. Make your happy hour happier with a dunk of Shuggies in your drink. Order your Shuggies now at shoogies.com or find it in dispensaries throughout California. Whenever you crave a little sweet, pick up Shuggies, the sweet, sweet take anywhere treat. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice only on CannabisRadio.com. All right, we're back on NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio, talking about the science of standards in cannabis with Darwin Millard, who is very involved in 
the ASTM International, and uh, the work from our committees here at NCIA, especially our Cannabis Manufacturing Committee, lots of talk of standards, lots of talk of GMPs, good manufacturing processes, and they're being very proactive about it. You can check our website if our listeners want to read more. There's certainly some blogs from our committee about these topics. Why is it really important for cannabis businesses and operators and scientists like yourself to get involved in this standards development? Um, and and how, how is it ultimately going to benefit us? Yeah, for sure. And I, I really glad that you brought this question up, Bethany. You know, the business case for standards is uh, quite, I think it's very clear, it's risk mitigation for your long-term success and sustainability of the business. But being involved in the actual standards development process means that you actually get to have a, a say in what will be the effective regulatory burden that will be on this industry for the foreseeable future. You get to have a hand in actually directing um, now, uh, what standards are going to come and be imposed on the industry? I think uh, some people think of standards as like, oh, it's just another thing that I have to uh, comply with. It's just more money, right? It's more cost, more uh, uh, adding to my bottom line or whatever it is. Where in reality, the way that you should be thinking about it as a strategic advantage is that if you're right there in the development of the standards from the beginning, you and your say as a strategic uh, market value add as your business already, you're adhering to GMPs and other things because you know that, well, it's good business sense to do so, but it's not required by the industry. Creating a standard that would mandate certain practices that might require, say, all of your competitors to implement a new procedure or whatever it might be, and you're already doing that. You've now bought yourself time, a critical element that you uh, that is uh, invaluable to be in the marketplace potentially with no competitors, and that and I think that on itself is probably the number one business case for why it makes sense to be involved in standards development, is that you actually can set the bar, so to speak, mm. and then can be one of maybe only a few entities operating at that bar until industry can catch up. Yes, yes. Well, and that goes to say that crossing over this wisdom of the ASTM with NCIA, whose focus is on advancing the cannabis industry, it really makes sense. And, and I, I bet, you know, it makes sense to you as well um, as a person who volunteers with ASTM and you're involved with NCIA. I, I think it's a beautiful uh, partnership here uh, to, to get this, uh, to get these conversations moving. Absolutely. I mean, I, for me, it was a no-brainer. The, the synergies behind, you know, one of the uh, U.S. industry's largest uh, uh, associations, you know, um, membership representatives, the National Cannabis Industries Association, and getting them involved in the standards development process, or at least in the review to say like, hey, uh, 
these are what standards are coming down the pipeline. We mm -hmm. need to make our members aware. Uh, we need to actually be proactive and uh, comment on and vote on these measures that are coming down. So I took it upon myself to provide to the NCIA you know, an active liaison, someone who can uh, bridge the gap, uh, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, um, and provide to the NCIA and the various other committees, whether it's the Cannabis Manufacturing Committee, which I actually chaired uh, last term, and I'm on as a, a chair emeritus, uh, or essentially a fly on a wall now to provide perspective in regards <laughs> to ASTM internationals, but also on the Packaging and Labeling uh, Committee, as well as the Policy Committee and Science Committee uh, to help direct the uh, policy development efforts that NCIA has been trying to take on with the standards development effort that ASTM International is currently doing. Excellent. Well, I appreciate it, and I'm sure our members do as well. And as we wrap up this episode, I look forward to hopefully seeing more NCIA members, committee members at our Cannabis Business Summit and Expo happening December 15th, 16th, and 17th head to CannabisBusinessSummit.com for information about tickets and exhibiting and all that fun stuff. And don't worry, we're keeping it safe. We're going to have hand sanitizer and we're going to follow all the guidelines uh, to keep everybody safe as we head into this winter. Thanks again, Darwin. I appreciate you joining us today. Where can people find out more about you and your work? Yeah, well, they can check out my website, which is uh, uh, thespockofcannabis.com, uh, or you can follow me on LinkedIn, uh, which you just, if you search for my, my name, Darwin Millard, uh, I should be very easy to find. Perfect. Well, thanks again for joining me, and thanks to our listeners for tuning in to another episode of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.